You're listening to a podcast edition of Closer to Truth. For more information about this series, visit our website, closertotruth.com. Most people believe that God exists and that he intervenes actively in the world, answering prayers, making miracles, even ordaining history. But if God does exist, how does he intervene? What possibly could be God's technique for making things happen? Fiddle with each and every atomic particle? Command all of them en masse? The physical universe seems closed and complete, so how can something not part of it affect it? How could God interact with the world? I'm Robert Lawrence Kuhn, and Closer to Truth is my journey to find out. Robert John Russell is an ordained minister with a Ph.D. in physics. He's a pioneer in exploring how the actions of God in the world could make sense with science. Bob is the founder of the Center for Theology and the Natural Sciences in Berkeley. Bob, as scientists who believe in God, we are immediately confronted with the issue of how could that God, who by definition is non-physical, interact with what we know to be the physical world. What are the different categories that we have to consider in such a question? Really, there are at least four. God creates the world as such. And that could be T equals zero, if Big Bang is right, but it means also sustaining the world. The second one is God acts through all natural processes. The regular laws of physics and biology are God's action. And that's a second way that God acts sort of in general. You could call it general providence. The third one would be in special events, um, special events of significance where God acts to make a difference, but which science would see as really part of the flow of nature, just an unusual event perhaps. And the fourth could be miracles where God's action goes beyond the ordinary routines of nature. It might be through suspending the laws of nature, it might be through some other way. I'd rather talk about the third one. What science sees as nature, uh, a theologian or a believer can see as God plus nature. And so it isn't a, 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 there's no contradiction between theology and science, but science interprets the, the, the process of nature in a special way as seeing it as the combination of God's action and nature's action. Now can I say that in light of contemporary science? If I believed in a mechanistic world, in Newton's world of lockstep causality, that every effect is the effect of a deterministic cause, then I couldn't. I'd be forced into a split. Either God does intervene in the laws of nature and breaks the laws or suspends the laws. All the time. (laughs) Or whenever God chooses, right? And and that's one way to say it. Or uh, God never acts in a special way, but things that that seem special to us, that sort of take your breath away, like an eclipse, a, a solar eclipse, it's an ordinary event, but it seems special, so it's a subjective interpretation. Uh, Schleiermacher, at the beginning of the 19th century, in a famous phrase said, miracle is the religious term for an ordinary event. 
Okay. <laughs> now that was all we could do. That forced option or forced split between objective and subjective divine action was forced because we lived in a world which we thought was governed by deterministic laws, a mechanistic world, uh, a lockstep clockwork world. Now, the, the fact is science has changed in the 20th century. Physics is different, cosmology is different, evolution and genetics are different. So it at least reopens the question of whether or not we're forced to continue with that split in our choices theologically, or can we re-examine uh, the question of God's action in the world in light of new science? Now, that's a genuine research question. It's not a dogmatic statement. It's simply saying, if science was part of the picture in the past and it's changed, let's re-examine the question. So how do we do that? Can we look at the most fundamental level and mm -hmm. look to quantum mechanics? Right, that's exactly the route. Start with each of those levels, quantum mechanics, uh, sort of ordinary day chaos theory and complexity of the weather, meteorology, uh, more complex systems, and even perhaps the mind-brain is a even more complex Which system. is a holistic approach. Right. Let's start at the most fundamental, the quantum physics level. Right. The image I love to use is you're standing by a pool of water and you see the reflection, and some photons are going off the surface and you see the, you see the sky. Some go through the surface, bounce off the bottom, and you see the bottom. So you're seeing both at once. All photons are identical. What tells each photon whether to bounce off the surface or to go through the bottom? So stand by a pool and you're seeing quantum mechanics in action. Makes sense, but how does this um, get God involved in determining the flow of events? Well, the first step is to say God is acting through all the laws of nature. So whatever happens, God is involved in it. The point here is to say there is no sufficient, efficient natural cause. So God's action could be thought of as more uh, intense or more special because God is acting in those events in special ways. That is, God is determining, because nature doesn't, whether the photon bounces off the surface or goes through it. Is that an act of intervention at that point? No, it's an act. Because the term intervention, I'm using it in a technical sense to mean God violates the laws of nature. I see. And I I'm see. saying God was clever enough to have created a universe which is quantum mechanical, which allows God to be acting all the time. The, in fact, the distinction between general providence, that second type, and special providence kind of breaks down because God is truly acting all the time at the level of quantum mechanics, but most of those actions result in the ordinary process of nature. To Bob, God was clever enough to create a universe which allows God to be acting all the time, thus eliminating an artificial distinction between God's overall purposes going on continuously and God's special purposes, which are occasional events. God interacts at three levels, quantum indeterminacy, chaos theory, and complex systems like the human brain. This strange land is home for John Polkinghorne, who was a quantum physicist at Cambridge University when, in the middle of his scientific career, he decided to study for the priesthood. Today, John is recognized worldwide as a thought leader in science and religion. John, how can a spiritual being interact with physical matter? That's a very important question. And actually, in the 20th century, we've, the picture of the world as mere mechanism has died. 
uh, we've discovered first through quantum theory and then later on through chaos theory that there are intrinsic unpredictabilities present in physical process. Quantum theory, for example, says that you can not know whether a particular radioactive nucleus is going to decay in the next hour or not. You can give a probability, but you can't say for certain whether it's going to happen. In other words, there is a, a, an intrinsic unpredictability. It isn't a question if we calculated a bit better or we measured a bit more exactly, we could eliminate that. Even more surprisingly, chaos theory, which came along in the middle of the 20th century, discovered that even the Newtonian world of everyday physics was much more uh, subtle and, and uh, less mechanical than we had thought. There are these exquisitely sensitive systems, the slightest disturbance from the environment totally changes their future behavior. And the classic yeah, butterfly wing in China can change the weather in Brazil. That's right, <laughs> that's right. It, it grows and grows and grows and grows until you get these storms over the Amazon. That, 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 that's right. A very, very surprising uh, result. So that's, the world is certainly not merely mechanical. It is something more subtle than that. The question is, is it also more supple than that? We believe that what we know about the world is telling us what the world is like. In fact, we would hardly bother to do science if we weren't thinking that. If you take that realist point of view, you will incline, I think, to interpret unpredictabilities as not just unfortunate patches of ignorance, but as signs of an actual openness. Uh, in, in the future. Not meaning that the future is a random lottery, but that there will be scope for other causal principles to act in bringing about the future. But how could a god de interact with that? Well, I'm, get I'm getting there, I'm getting there. <laughs> but I have to deal with how we interact with the world, okay. first of all. Go for it. Um, uh, <laughs> um, I believe we have a fundamental human experience of agency. I decide to raise my right arm. Of course, there's a bits and pieces account. Currents flow in the layers, muscles contract. But I, as a whole person, decide to raise my arm. And that would be an example of a causal agent, a top-down influence, my mental decision to raise my arm upon the physical behavior of, of my body. Now, if we interact in the world in that sort of top-down fashion, it seems to me entirely credible that the world's creator also can interact with the world and bring about events in the future. So I have a picture in which God interacts with unfolding process, allowing the laws of nature uh, to control the, the, the range of possibilities, allowing creatures to explore in a happenstance sort of way uh, these possibilities, but also reserving some providential room for manoeuvre uh, on the part of the creator and bringing about the, the, the future. If things are unpredictable, you can't pearl them apart and say nature did this, human will did that, God did the third thing. But nevertheless, all these influences are at work in the world. That's a perfectly coherent and believable picture, and it's the one I hold. So what is God doing? Is he getting involved in the quantum mechanics of uh, untold 10 to the 80th yeah. <laughs> molecules and parts of uh, quarks and gluons and electrons spin? I mean, he's good. it's awfully busy. Well, I mean, if God is, if God is infinite, God can be awfully busy, <laughs> but I, I, don't, I think it would be naive and, and rather foolish, really, to think that God does it all by just scrabbling around on the subatomic roots of the world. I mean, I, I think God acts holistically with, with creation. But again, again, you see, because we don't understand how the quantum world and the classical world fit together, the whole spectrum of causal influences in the world is unresolved by us. It, all of freedom doesn't lie at the subatomic level. All of it doesn't lie at the everyday level. And presumably some of it lies at even higher holistic levels than that. We just don't know how to envisage that. All I am claiming is it's a no-go theorem, as people say in science. I'm saying that science cannot preclude the possibility of agency, either human or divine. So God can be working at, at, at a... All levels. All, all levels. levels. It's very important that we have a rich 
an adequately rich conception of the structure of reality, that we don't have this sort of arid, reductionist uh, picture that sees human beings, for example, as simply uh, replicating information processing systems. I mean, that's partly true of us, obviously, but it's not the whole truth about us. The worst error in metaphysics is to the procrustean error of chopping off the bits of experience that you don't like to fit it into the bed you've already constructed. <laughs> to John, God interacts with the world at all levels, exploiting intrinsic uncertainties of quantum and chaos theory. His analogy is how the human mind, human agency, interacts with the human body. I like John's way of thinking, but I should speak to a scientist whose reasoning is not wedded to belief in the Christian God. I should speak to Paul Davies, a visionary cosmologist whose iconoclastic views about purpose in the universe can contradict both theists and materialists. Paul, some very smart physicists who are also believers and theologians wrestle with the idea of how could God interact with the world and posit bottoms up from the quantum level or tops down from the consciousness level. How do you look at it? I've always had a problem about a god who is a miracle-working super-being, like a cosmic magician. Uh, I will often say that there are no miracles except the miracle of nature itself. Uh, and so for me, uh, if I use the word god, which I'm always uh, very careful uh, about because it carries so many different meanings to different people, it is in terms of the meaningfulness of the whole package, not in terms of a being who's sort of meddling from time to time. But I realize that that many people, including some scientists, would like the idea of a God who intervenes in history actively, uh, a, a person or a super person who is involved in the day-to-day -day affairs of the world through prayer, through uh, working the occasion miracles or something. Now, that, to, to me, speaking as a scientist, that's really pretty horrible, the idea of, uh, of this God sort of intervening from time to time. And I wouldn't want that. And so people have tried to find ways of getting around that. There's a, a nice analogy here because the old problem of the, the mind and the body, you see, uh, how do I make things happen in the world? Well, I, you know, I move objects around and so on in accordance with my wishes. And that's a bit of a mystery too. So maybe God can act in the world in a way that is no more mysterious uh, than a human being acting in the world. So if uh, there is a way in which mind and matter uh, can get along together without uh, breaking any laws, well, you know, that's one way for God to do it. So that's a sort of cheap way out. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the crude way is just getting God to overrule the laws of physics, intervene uh, and break those uh, same laws. Uh, a more subtle way is to have uh, the laws providing gaps, uh, loopholes in which God could gain causal purchase. Now, supposing I were an omnipotent being and you said, well, you can have any sort of universe you want. And I think, well, that's nice. You know, I'll have a universe like this. I'd like some planets in there and I'd like some ocean and I wave a wand, there's the ocean and let's have some living beings. Oh no, that's not quite right, rub those out, start again. Dead easy, if I'm omnipotent, I can just conjure it all into being. I couldn't respect such an omnipotent being because there's nothing clever about doing that. But now imagine the challenge is this. Uh, what I'm told is I've got to come up with some deep mathematical principles, something of that sort, uh, and, I've, and I've got to let it go and I've got to let the universe generate its own 
life, its own self-awareness, and let the whole thing self-organize, self-complexify. And I'm not allowed to meddle and tinker and just uh, make things happen just by fiat. That's much, much harder. That, to me, looks really deeply ingenious. Whereas a cosmic magician looks to me like just a magician, just a conjurer. So I can't have much respect for such a being. Paul has little respect for the traditional God. Opposing most theists, he rejects a magician God who intervenes capriciously. But he sees purpose in nature, constructed deeply in the foundations of the world. Opposing most materialists, Paul sees the universe as self-generating, self-complexifying, self-observing, and deeply ingenious. But the traditional God is appealing. Can he be saved? Alvin Plantinga is one of the world's leading Christian philosophers and he's not at all embarrassed by God's intervention. If anyone can make God's actions in the world make sense, Al is the person to do it. We meet in Notre Dame. Al, many atheists would use the fact that if God is immaterial and our world is material, it's illogical that God could interact with the world and cause all sorts of problems to conservation of, of, of energy and matter, and it, it's, it's impossible. Theists also wrestle with this question. How do you view it? Well, a lot of theologians, in fact, have said that God uh, can't act specially in the world. Why not? Well, because it conflicts with science. Science tells us about these laws, the laws of conservation of energy. I mean, if if God were to, uh, say, create a full-grown horse in the middle of the Notre Dame campus, this would violate all these conservation laws, you know, the conservation of energy, conservation of momentum, conservation of angular, <laughs> angular momentum, et cetera. It would all be, uh, be violated. God would be violating the laws, going against the laws. But this is not, in fact, correct, I think. And I think these theologians are uh, wrong here because if you take a careful look at any physics textbook, well, you, the conservation laws are stated for closed systems, systems which are such that there isn't any energy input from the outside. So what these laws really say is in any closed system so-and-so. But of course, if God were to create uh, a horse right in the middle of the Notre Dame campus, then no system that includes that would be a closed system. And hence, uh, because any such system would, of course, have this influx of energy from the outside, God creating this horse, here it just shows up. So his doing so would not violate any law which says in every closed system so-and-so, the system in question isn't a closed system. Well, the universe is a totality, is, is a closed system. But that's not part of physics. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. I would say that's a theological add-on, that the universe, the, the material universe, as a whole is a closed system. If God acts in it, then it's not. And it's not part of physics to say that God doesn't act in it. That's not a, a physics truth or a physics claim. That's a theological claim. And if God did act in the world specially, the world then, all the systems containing the area where he acted in this way, would not be closed systems. And, and it's that by definition. 
Exactly. Because right. when God does that, the closed system then becomes an unclosed system. Yeah, what he does makes it the case that it's yeah. not a closed system. Right, right. So I think that worry is... Uh, it may sound simplistic or circular, but it strikes me as possibly profound. If God intervenes in the universe, then that very act causes the universe not to be a closed system, thus voiding any violation of the laws of conservation of energy and mass. Vintage Plantinga. Okay, but I'm still baffled by how God would actually make the intervention. To explore the depth of this question, I speak with Ernan McMullen, a Catholic priest trained in physics who is a well-known philosopher of science. Ernan lives in Ireland, and we meet in Cambridge, England. Ernan, you believe in God, I know. You believe that God's the creator. You believe that God is involved in this world. How does God do it? Well, I think you're going to be disappointed in my answer. Um, but I'll answer in two stages. First of all, I don't see quantum theory as answering it. Um, I don't see chaos theory as answering it, even less so, as a matter of fact, because chaos theory, in my view, is still a deterministic classical theory. We simply don't have an accurate enough knowledge of, in order to make the kind of predictions we do. At least of the available menu of theories that we have at the present, I don't see any of them as very promising from the point of view of giving us, as it were, a, a way in which God kind of inserts a special action. It's as though God moving behind the scenes, uh, you know, has to find a way of uh, influencing this contrary creation of his. Okay, I don't see that. That's the first half. But the second half is very simple. God influences the universe by making it be. Uh, that is, if, if you accept the postulate of creation, then in fact the universe is the product of a single act of creation. That's how God influences the universe. My goodness, what a powerful influence that is. That's the influence of a creator uh, who makes the universe the way it is and the way that presumably the creator wants it to be, uh, if you take uh, that view of creation to begin with. Uh, the point here being that questions about how God, as it were, involves himself is not a matter of asking how could God sort of work within this universe and not, so to speak, upset the laws of physics or something of that kind. Uh, the point is that God has, in fact, produced the universe, and that simple act of creation is the most powerful, if you like, influence you could have. So the question is, then, how does God make those interventions? How, well, how does okay. God make work or, with the physical there, there, world? That's no problem. I mean, my goodness, that, that's the simplest question at all. Uh, Not to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it, that it has always seemed to me very simple. I have no difficulty with miracles at all, because if, in fact, you have a universe in which, uh, which is the product of God, in which the, the mere continuance of the law of gravity is God's choice, the fact that at some point or other God, the law of gravity could be suspended, well, that's, of course a creator can do that. How can an immaterial God 
interact but, but with the material see, world. But you it's simple. The way in which God does it is by being the creator of that world in the first place. It's not a matter of intervening in some way. It's a matter of making that kind of world to begin with, a, a universe within which at a certain point this would happen. I don't find that difficult at all. Let me emphasize what I do find difficult is to discern when and where miracles actually did occur. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'll assume God exists, so I can then ask, in what way could a non-physical being intervene in the physical world? Because if no way makes sense, then I must question the initial assumption that God exists. One view is that God just suspends his own laws. I guess that's possible, but then wouldn't God be distorting the natural functioning of his own world? Some suggest that God's place of action is the scientific gaps, where billiard ball determinism does not hold, and where quantum uncertainty and chaos theory hold court. But quantum uncertainty seems truly random, and chaos theory seems more a lack of knowledge, so that neither seems ideal as the special place for God to work his wonders. If a non-physical supreme being does exist, and if God does intervene in the world, I'd be surprised if we could ever figure out how. For me, for now, that's closer to truth. To watch complete conversations with over 100 of the world's leading thinkers on cosmos, consciousness, and God, visit our website, closertotruth.com.